Suzette has something and Evangelist Mary has something. So real quick, uh, come on Evangelist real quick and then we have Minister Suzette and then we're going to get the word. Is that all right? Drenched 
in faith. And she said, I've never seen that before. But she said, you were drenched in faith. And if you've ever been out in a storm and you got real wet, you were drenched. So God put this in my spirit because of his love. Now by faith, hope, and love. And love activates that faith. So I saw a, a water hose and the love turning that water hose on and that power, that faith flowing through us. So in the power of agreement, we're going to activate our faith this morning. God has given to every man the measure of faith. And it's up to us to increase our own faith. Because faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So Father God, we stand together in the power of agreement. And we're going to activate our faith right now in the name of Jesus. Because we know that without faith, it is just impossible to please you, Lord. And we need to move in faith so that we can clap back at the devil. So that we can walk in agreement and unity and one accord in your spirit. And we can go out into the highways and the byways and do what you have commissioned us to do. So by faith, we activate our faith right now in the mighty name of Jesus. So under the apostolic anointing of Apostle Jonas, is turned on by his love for us. And now that faith is flowing through every last one of us through our hands, one to the other. So believe, receive in your spirit, and walk by faith and not by sight. And um, I thank God for that. So I just did a little paper that has on there what is faith, why do we need faith, and scripture and different things on there to back it up. So I put it on the back table back there. So as you go out, if you want, it's just some scripture to remind us to walk by faith. So to God be the glory. Amen. This is good because it's like the word that I have for you today. I know what she was going to share, but I'm telling you, the word is going to be right in line with what's going on. Praise the Lord, everybody. I don't know, but I've been going through something in my body since 2013. They had not a clue. Been giving me all of these different medications and trying this and trying that. But I've been on this steroid because I keep getting these cuts in my mouth and they didn't know what it was. I had teeth pulled. They still couldn't diagnose what it was. But this thing flared up in my mouth again in April. And I went to the dentist. And the dentist said, I need you to go and see an oral surgeon because there's something going on and it don't look good on your um, x-rays. I said, okay. So I had been calling, trying to make an appointment with the University of Chicago and back and forth and back and forth. So I never got an answer from them. So I went to my primary doctor and I said, listen, this is what the dentist gave me. I need to see an oral surgeon and I have been waiting to hear from the University of Chicago. So she got me into a general surgeon. They said it might be cancer. You might have uh, uh, something called lichen planus. You might have hepatitis C. But I'm saying oh, for the last, since 2013, you've been diagnosing me, just giving me antibiotics and pain pills. Oh, it'll go away, it'll go away. But I just thank God that this time, when I change the people on the team, that I was able to diagnose month and it wasn't cancer. I got the results back and I didn't share with anybody. I shared with my pastor because, you know, we have to know when God has something going on with us, who that we can let in. And God only led me to share with my pastor the few ladies that are in my group. I didn't share with anybody because I told my pastor, listen, I don't have a mother. 
But at that time when I was going through, I needed a mother that hugged me. I needed a mother to nurture me. That's what a pastor does. So I thank God that this thing was not unto death. Yeah. I thank you that Thursday night, Apostle. I came in and he was teaching out of the book of John, around the 11th chapter in the fourth verse. And we were talking about Lazarus and his death. And he, when he got to the fourth verse, the Holy Spirit just unctioned in my spirit. He said, this, is, this sickness is not unto death.
But Romans chapter 12, uh, in the message version, um, as we've been talking, this is our last uh, part of this uh, uh, series, The Power of Agreement. Um, this is the finale. Uh, this is the part seven. And um, this particular series has really blessed us. We've really seen God uh, move. And we've seen some powerful testimonies as it relates to uh, understanding this power agreement and then applying it to our lives where we can actually see the work in manifestation um, and see that particular agreement move in our own lives. And so <clears throat> this Romans chapter 12, if we're going to move into the power agreement, the main thing that we have to continue to feed our spirit is, is that we have to be uh, in a position to not be conformed to the things of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Amen? So there is a renewing that has to take place in our mind uh, in order for us to move to the level of faith that Evangelist Marion was talking about, that we have to operate in faith, not walk by, to walk by faith and not by sight. And so here in Romans chapter 12, the message translation, uh, as we read starting at verse 1 in Romans 12, it says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. All right. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you. And quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-informed maturity in you. Amen? Amen. In the traditional sense of uh, King James Version, when we read this particular passage of Scripture, the Apostle Paul opens up. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you will present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God with your reasonable servant, and then that you may not conform to the things of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that we, may, that we may prove what is that good and acceptable will of God concerning your life. And so when we understand that, that we have to do everything, put your everyday, ordinary life in the hands of God. Yeah. Put your everyday things that you do, and it says, do not become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Don't allow the culture to become your normal. Don't allow the culture to become your normal that now it has become a habit that you do it without even thinking. That you have conformed to that particular mindset that the culture wants us to operate in. So we have to be renewed in our mind. If we're going to see the effectiveness of the power of agreement in operation in our life, we have to understand that our minds have to be renewed. We cannot think according to the patterns that the world has laid out for us over the years in the way that we've been believing prior to our understanding of who Jesus Christ is, prior to our understanding of who the Holy Spirit is, and who God is in our own personal life. So we have to take that mindset and take that initiative and intentionally put ourselves in position to move into the power of agreement so that we can understand and fulfill what God wants us to fulfill. Amen? Amen. So now, let's go to Genesis, a very familiar passage of scripture that we've taught before. You can teach this thing. There's so many different uh, principles that you can gain out of this story. Uh, but today we're going to talk about the power of agreement. But I'm going to be in the good news uh, Bible translation. The Good News Bible Translation. So if you have an electronic device and you can change the various versions, it's the GNB version. I'm going to be reading in Genesis 16, 
So let's just get a backdrop real quick. Um, as we're going to talk about Abram. Abram had been given the promise that God was going to make him the heir and the, uh, he was going to have descendants as the sand of the earth. And he was going to have uh, uh, many descendants, but Abram did not have any natural children. And so he had become up in age when God had even given him the assignment to move from out of his father's house. Uh, he was around 75 years old. He got the call and said, you know what? Uh, God said, I want you to move from out your father's house. I want you to go to a new land. I want you to go into a new uh, environment. I want you to go into a place where you can experience something new. And so he had to make the decision to move out of his comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And so Abram, in the time that God had begun to speak to him, uh, his age had become a factor against him where it was not uh, actually feasible. It was not actually uh, according to the natural where it was easy for him to conceive a child. Amen. And also his wife had become old. So you got two old fogies here. <laughs> you know, just laying in the bed, having these late night talks, and you know, you know, you try to, you know, roll over on her, you know, and she's like, you ain't your name, you don't know that. Hey, you know, she don't know that. You know, so, you know, you know, Abel would roll over that, you know, you know, she, and Sarah, you know, she would go in on it, you know, and agree, and you know, but nothing would happen, you know. She would not conceive a child. And so, um, <laughs> I love this church. I had to wake you up, amen. Let's get, let's get you going. So, <laughs> so Abram and Sarah, so they are in this position where uh, God has spoken the word and he has spoken it according to the spirit of where Abram should be and where God is going to take him. But it has not manifested in natural. So what do you do when God has spoken something to your spirit, man, but it has not yet manifested in the natural? How do you go about bringing that thing into the natural realm? How do you go about putting yourself in a position to believe until God answers? Or do we become impatient like Sarah? Or do we get into a place in our flesh and we get frustrated and we try to make things happen on our own agenda, in our own timing? And so I want you to see this because the power of agreement is right here in the midst of this story because if there was not agreement, there would not have been a conception with Hagar. Right. So in order for us to really fully understand this, and as, even as we talked about uh, last week with some things when you get into agreement and you agree into some stuff that really you, don't, you haven't thought out the full process of it and you haven't thought about what's to come down the line because you're making a a decision in the heat of the moment or right now in your emotions and your flesh and we haven't thought out what's this going to look like after the fact yeah so let's look at genesis 16 i'm reading from the good news bible starting at verse one it says abram's wife sarah had not borne him any children but she had an egyptian slave woman named hagar and so she said to abram the lord has kept me from having children why don't you sleep with my slave Perhaps she can have, can have a child for me. Listen at this in the Good News Bible. It says, Abram agreed with what Sarah said. Now, I'm giving you because we're moving to, I'm giving you because we're moving into July into talking about uh, relationships. And I want you to understand the power of agreement. Here it is with this husband and wife who the wife has now brought a particular proposition to her husband. Because she has now given him an open opportunity 
to do something with another woman. Now she's actually presenting this proposition, giving him permission because now she thinks she's ready for a surrogate mother. See, she thinks she's ready for a surrogate mother because her time is what is going by and, and it seems as though she's running out of time for her futility to be able to manifest and produce a child according to what God has spoken to them. And so now she's in a position where, you know, time is going by and we've been trying, Amen. You know, we've been trying to talk. So won't you go into my servant, Hagar? Now, in this particular passage, here it is, that we see that I believe there's some things that, you know, I want to bring it 21st century and bring some light to the story so that you can grab hold to the fullness of it. Uh, I don't believe that this was the first conversation that Sarah may have had with Abram concerning this particular situation. I believe that Sarah had brought this thing, proposition to him, a numerous of times prior to it's written right here for him to agree to it. Because I believe in the in the mindset and in the place where Abram was, because God said and when he began to give the promise to Abram, that Abram agreed and God saw the faith of Abram and he saw how much faith he had and that he was believing what God had promised and spoken unto him. So now in this particular instance where I believe Sarah had had many of talks in their pillow talks at night. Yeah, come on. And she began to try to come up with different ways of how they could become pregnant. So she may have said, you know, let's try this, let's do that. You know, maybe we can wait and do it this time of the month. And, you know, you know, this time is when this ovulation is happening. So she may have calculated and done some things and, and still nothing manifested. Okay. Come on. And so now because she's run out of options in her natural mind, and now she says, Well, you know what? There's somebody that I have that's close to me that I wouldn't mind allowing for you to go and sleep with. Well. And she can be a surrogate to us. And maybe she can have a child. Now notice this. Sarah believes that and knows that it's not Abram that's infertile. She knows it's her. Because why would you offer the proposition for him to go into another woman if he was not fertile? So she believes that Abram has a little spark left. A little spark. Keep it PG-13. I'm going to spot that, you know, to come through. And so, he said, Sarah says, have, would you be willing, I will give you Hagar, and you will lay with her. And notice this. Abram agrees. So once he agrees, it established because he agrees with his wife, and him and his wife are in covenant, because I want you to understand covenant, and they're in covenant, and so what they touch and agree on now has the power to manifest. Now, because they weren't on one accord in the beginning, in the sense of they weren't in a position because Sarah did not fully believe she could conceive based on what God said, because she was looking at her situation in the natural. Amen. See, she would have believed according to the spirit what God has spoken, that Abram was going to be the father of many nations. Look, God didn't want that thing to come through a, a surrogate. He didn't want that thing to come through a concubine. He wanted that thing to come through the covenant. So this is why you have to understand the power of the covenant, of the relationship of that marriage, because once they came into agreement, now all of a sudden, it does not say that now Abraham, Abram slept with Hagar many times. It said that he went into her and she got pregnant. Because Sarah didn't 
reject the proposition where you know you can go ahead on and date her and you know go ahead on and you know hang out with her, you know, go hang out at her house every every other night, you know, you know, sleep with her a few times. No, I believe that she went and had sex with her one time and she became pregnant. Because the power of agreement was in manifestation and in operation. That's how powerful agreement is. Even when it's in the wrong setting, in the wrong terms, under the wrong agreements, that particular spirit of agreement is a principle and it can manifest in operation. We saw last week in the Tower of Babel. They were on one accord. They got together. They said, we want to build something up to the heavens. And so God had to come down because they were such a power of agreement. They said, if we continue to let them do this, nothing will be impossible what they imagine. Pride was pushing them and provoking them. But that wasn't the issue. That wasn't what God wanted to happen. So he had to come down and confuse their language. So now here we see Sarah and Abram. Abram comes into agreement. And notice what it goes on and says. So she gave. See, you, you listen. She gave Hagar to him to be his concubine. Now at this moment, she does not realize what this really entails. Because she wanted to please Abram and to give him a seed for his legacy to carry on. So she gave Hagar to him to be his concubine. This happened after Abram had lived in Canaan for 10 years. Abram had intercourse with Hagar and she became pregnant. When she found out that she was pregnant, she became proud and despised Sarah. How do you think that you're going to allow your husband to have not only just a physical encounter, but anytime there's a physical encounter that involves intercourse. Notice the Good News Bible says intercourse, intercourse, intertwine. They come together. This has become now emotional soul time. So once she gets pregnant, now she gets pride and begins to despise Sarah because she recognizes now that she has a greater attachment to Abram than she does. Oh, y'all miss this. Because she has opened up the door for her to have a part of Abram that she can't have. Because she is able, she has conceived and gotten pregnant and now she's walking around with her belly all out. I got your baby. I got your baby. I got your husband's baby. I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. And she's showing off. Now Sarah wasn't prepared for all the backlash and all of, of, of Hagar to be up in her face with this. She thought Hagar was just going to be submissive after serving that she was prior to her being allowed to sleep with her husband. She thought she was going to still have that same control. But Hagar's feelings and emotions got attached to Abram. And so now she's feeling some kind of way. She's more now than just a side piece. Notice verse 5. Then Sarah said to Abram, It's your fault that Hagar despised me. <laughs> Wait, hold up. Wait a minute. We came to agreement. And we established that I had the permission to go in and to have intercourse with her because we were trying to have a baby. We we're trying to establish legacy here. But now you're telling me it's my fault. The reason why she's putting blame 
on him because I told you before when we talked this, Abram had an opportunity to disagree with this yeah. because you don't have to agree with something that does not line up with God's purpose and plan and will concerning your life. So you have to understand, if I don't get into the, if I don't understand the fullness of knowing that what God has spoken to me, I got to keep that in mind. So he could have had an opportunity to say, baby, let me tell you something. I trust God and God has given me the word. And God has spoke to me concerning that I am going to have, I'll be the father of many nations. Now, I don't have any children naturally right now. But I believe God at his word. And if we do this, I need you to understand, it can cause some havoc in our home. Because now, I open myself up for a blended family. And I'm not ready to put my cucumbers with my uh, uh, onions and my carrots and my kale. I'm not ready to blend all that together to make something that is edible to drink. I want to have this thing just with you. So he wasn't, he, he could have made the decision to say, you know what, uh-uh, baby. Uh, I'm not going to agree to this. And I need you to be reminded of what God has spoken to me. So this is why it's important that when we hear God's word concerning what things he spoke to us, that we begin to remind the enemy. This is what we talk, we talked about cutback. So the enemy comes to tell you that sickness is on your is in your life, and you know you're not gonna make it. No, you have to clap back at him and say that by his stripes I am healed. So you have to begin to let the enemy know I'm not gonna fall for your trick. Because Hagar, I mean Sarah was not ready for Hagar to turn the tables on her. And so now Sarah, she has an attitude, and she comes to Abraham and says, Look, you done messed this thing up. You got this girl despising me. Because you now know she don't, now you know she ain't cleaning like she used to clean. <laughs> you know she ain't cooking the meals. She ain't making the biscuits like she used to make The biscuits done got hard. She ain't putting no butt on her. You know, she got all these issues going on. You know, because she's not now in compliance to the fullness of what her assignment was previous to her being attached now to her husband. Right. Oh my God. Because she's trying to do things to get at Sarah. Not in the, in the previous to that. She was all in compliance, doing her job well. But now she's burning biscuits, burning toast, making the eggs all sloppy and all slack. I don't like my eggs on me. So I'm scrap. So then Sarah comes to Abram. It's your fault that Hagar despised me. I myself, listen to this, I myself gave her to you. She understood what she did. I myself gave her to you. Ever since she found out that she was pregnant, she has despised me. Now look at this. There was an inkling of doubt in Sarah's heart because she didn't really fully believe that Hagar would get pregnant. Notice what the scripture says. I gave her to you, but once she came pregnant, she came with this despising spirit. <laughs> because Sarah, she had an inkling of doubt. Because I think that if she hadn't got pregnant, Hagar wouldn't have switched on her. Y'all, y'all guys would be 21st century. Don't act like you ain't got a baby dad. I ain't knocking it. I ain't tripping on it. Things happen. Your child got here, and y'all may not be together. You got a baby dad. You got a baby mama. Do you understand what I'm telling you? And that particular relationship that you have with the baby mamas and the baby daddy Want it to go? Why? Because you had a baby connected to that. Now the person that's your 
one that gave birth to one of your children. That's that baby mama. That's that baby dad. There's some, that's some tension sometimes. There's, there's some issues with that. Come on now. Come on. What did you come into agreement with? I myself gave her to you ever since she found out that she was pregnant, she had despised me. May the Lord judge which of us is right, you or me. Now Sarah, Sarah, she all upset. And now she wants Abel to make a decision. May the Lord judge which of us is right. Who gonna be right here, you or me? Abraham answered, very well. She is your slave and under your control. Do whatever you want with her. Uh-oh. Can I talk 21st century? Y'all ain't ready for this, what I'm about to say. I'm going to call out the men. Because men, now, all of a sudden, we don't want to be accountable. When we came into agreement in the beginning, because we found out we was going to get something good and beneficial to us, something new that we hadn't had before. Oh, y'all ain't going to talk to me real today. Made him something to eat. I'm 
paraphrasing the story. And, and she said, the angel said, where's Sarah at? They said, well, she's in, the, she's in there. She's in the other part of the, in the, other part of the tent. And they said, well, when I come back nine months from now, she's going to have a baby. And Sarah heard that, and she kind of chuckled and laughed and said, well, I'm an old girl. I, I, I mean, I, I'm... And then the good news translation said, and, and my period has stopped. That's what the good news Bible, that, that translation said. I, 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 I can't have no children. And so the angel said, well, why did you laugh when I said that? And she tried to say, I didn't laugh. Because laughter says that she's not believing what's being said and what's being spoken. Once again, she's not in, in, in place of having faith or in agreement with what God is trying to give her. And see, this is what I want you to, I want to point out today. The longer you're not in agreement with what God wants and has for you, the longer the manifestation is going to take. Ishmael was born and Abram was 86 years old. It wasn't until 14 years later that Isaac came. He was 100. And Sarah was 90. So now, here it is, all this time that elapsed, that, that, that when God had been promising this thing to Sarah and Abram, that now because she's not in agreement fully with what God has spoken, now I have to attach all these years onto the promise in order for me to get an understanding of who God is. So I don't have to go through any elongated process unnecessarily. Why don't I just fall in line, get into agreement with what God says, and begin to follow his particular line upon line, precept upon precept, to allow the blessings to flow freely, because I don't have time for anything to be held up. I need God to manifest this thing. I need God to move in this area. So I can't afford to be in disagreement. I can't afford to be in disagreement, disobedience with what God has planned for my life. It's too much extent. So at that point, 14 years passes. And now, Sarah, pregnant, give birth to Isaac. The promise And God begins to bless Abel. He begins to put things in order because now they fully come into agreement with what God's plan is. Because now they see the manifestation of what God has spoken. See, once we see the manifestation of it, then all of a sudden our faith increases. But we got to have a faith along the, along the way. We got to have a faith to believe along the way while the process is yet going. While things are yet going through the time frame and, and we're going through the waiting periods, we yet have to walk in this thing by faith. It don't look like it's going in our direction. It may not look like things are changing, but God is moving in our direction. Yes. Yes. I'm telling you, God will do it, and he begins to manifest some things. Yeah. We, had, we had some issues going on with some things, and so we got this phone call last Friday, and the man at the message, he said, your case has been closed temporarily for right now, so you don't have to pay any money for about another 16 months. But some things that were going on, we have been waiting and trying to get an answer and trying to hear. And so we had to be in faith and in agreement. And we were like, okay, I'm not going to stress out about this. I'm going to worry about it. And it's going to work according to what God's plan is. Yes. Amen. Amen. He called and said, I got some good news. And the other time he called and got all these other issues going on. So I said, man, okay. And my wife had encouraged me at times when I was doubting in that area. And because we were coming to agreement, that would begin to strengthen us through the process. Yes. Yes. 
That's what I'm trying to help you to understand the power of that. And I'm telling you, you don't have to be married to understand the power of this agreement. It's who you have now come into coming with. Who's going to be your company partner that you can begin to touch an agreement that's going to believe at your level? See, what happens is when you're single, you're attaching to people who don't have no faith. Ah, right. say that again. Right. I ain't talking about a little. I'm talking about no faith. No. The reason why I say no faith is you attach yourself to unbelievers. And you give them all your stuff, all your information, all your stuff, and you think that it's going to carry some weight and they're going to be able to push you to your next level when all they say is, oh, baby, that's too much. You can't do that. How are you going to start your own business if you got seven kids and you got three baby daddies and you know, you only, you know, you've been working at your job for one year? You know, all this extra stuff. I didn't ask you that. Can you touch and agree with me that God would do some new stuff in my life? Can you believe God that He is possible and able to do something different? I don't have to settle and be in the same situation I was last year. God is able to do it. It was something folks that got engaged last year, they're going to get married this year. It was some folks that were single and now God is going to bless them with a spouse. There's some people that didn't have a house last year, but this year they got a house. Last year they didn't have a car, but this year they got a car. Do you not know God is moving in your life? But that's the power of that agreement. For God to move and show you himself strong in mind. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand for you. I'm give you today. Listen, 